Here's a finding that may or may not shock you. Income inequality is more severe today than it was way back in 1774. So how do we get here? I'm Aaron Young. Today we're going to try to find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Right, so amid the rising cost and interest rates as well, it turns out that wealth inequality is also on the rise. A recent report from the World Economic Forum, the WEF, showing that the top 10% of people owned more than three quarters of global wealth. Here's another stat for you as well. During the US Civil War, top 1% of US households laid claim to 10% of the nation's income versus today, where the same group, that 1%, now holds 19% things are getting worse. There was actually more of a middle class back in the 1800s than there is today by their standards as well. So how do we get here? What role did COVID play through all of this as well? For more on this, let's bring in Matt Grudinov from the Australia Institute. Great to speak to you here. Um, These are pretty surprising statistics, but given that everything feels so tight at the moment, maybe not. Yeah, look, um, it is um, quite unusual in the last few years. What we've probably seen, just to take a bit of a longer perspective, is after World War II, inequality actually reduced all the way down um, to quite um, low levels. That is, we had a quite equal society by about the 70s or 80s, um, and then things have reversed, um, and it's increased um, fairly dramatically at first, and then it was slowing down, but then something happened around COVID, um, and we've seen a massive expansion of inequality. That is, it's gotten worse at a faster rate since about 2020, since COVID. That seems really surprising. Is that just something we've seen in the Western world? Because during COVID, obviously, we saw uh, so much government money stimulus handed out to try and keep people afloat in Australia. It was JobKeeper in the United States. More than a trillion dollars was spent on stimulus as well. It's surprising to hear that things got worse. Yeah, it is. It is quite unusual um, and unexpected. Um, Part of the reason was probably because there was a lot of very cheap money. Um, And what we've basically seen is that um, wealth assets, if you like, have inflated in value. And unfortunately, um, assets are mostly held by a small minority of people. And in particular, um, those assets have increased in value. And that's what's driving this inequality. Yeah, and the concept of middle class as well um, in the United States was actually greater back in the 1800s and, in fact, in most Western countries around the world than where it is today. So the divide between rich and poor has become greater. When we talk about assets, people often think of shares, but quite often we're talking about housing. That's right. Um, The biggest asset most people own is going to be their house. What we've seen over time is that um, the number of home ownership rates have been falling. That is, the amount of people renting has been increasing and home ownership rates have been falling, which means that 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 big asset uh, is being concentrated in in fewer and fewer hands, which is also driving that inequality. But there's also other things going along. Uh, There's things like technology, uh, which has usually been actually a leveller of inequality, that is it reduces inequality. But more recently, we've seen it kind of undermine some of the labour laws that we traditionally have, particularly if you think back to the 70s when inequality was at its lowest point. We've seen things like Uber and and other kind of um, sharing techniques, which have basically made workers on demand, which has reduced their security in employment. So it's, it's about a concentration of assets into a smaller sort of group and also a kind of undermining by technology of, of workers' um, protections and their um, security of employment. 
Yeah, and that's a really interesting point, one we should probably delve into, because on the one hand, we hear exactly as you've just said. On the other hand, I tried to order something pretty cheap on Uber Eats the other night, and it was $45. Uh, so someone seems to be getting money, but it doesn't seem to be the people who are delivering it to us. And I just didn't go ahead with the purchase because $45 for a bit of rice and chicken doesn't, it feels like it's going to lead to my inequality. Um, and not to be flippant, but it seems to be that there's this mystery pot of cash going somewhere and no one can work out where it's going. Yeah, look, and if we look at the, uh, the the richest people in the world, the Elon Musks, the Jeff Bezoses, we've seen a, a massive expansion. It wasn't too long ago that we didn't have anybody uh, that, that owned more than $100 million in the world. In fact, everybody had less than $100 million. Um, and now Elon Musk and, and, and people like that are now above $300 million. Um, and that's not surprising. And it's often these technologies like Amazon um, and Uber, they're the um, kind of people that are earning these huge amounts of money. Um, so certainly um, in these kind of platforms, if you like, these these digital platforms, um, there is a lot of money to be made. Um, and and mm. these platforms are basically creating this new sort of gilded age that we saw at the beginning or the turn of the, the 20th century, where there's a real concept, there's a real monopoly. So, you know, you, your search engine is Google. There's only a few different um, um, social media platforms, um, and these are owned by only a small amount of people, and they're making some of those people huge amounts of money. It's a really interesting point because for such a long time, the big things in the world were actually operated by governments, right? When airlines and telecommunications companies used to be operated by government, all of a sudden um, it turns to the internet. Government doesn't really run uh, shopping services on the internet like Amazon and things. It's gone to people who, and now once upon a time, your shopping uh, center was really geographically based, but the internet has allowed uh, one group to essentially take over the world. Is it something you want to try and stop, though? Because I look at, um, you know, without naming names, but some of these global shopping things is really helpful, bringing down prices for a lot of people who live far from cities, for example, where you can easily get these products. Surely there is another side to the story, which it's actually helping to, to spread um, maybe not just wealth, but products to people who otherwise couldn't get them. Yeah, definitely. They are more convenient um, and they expand our choice. The problem is, is as we create these monopolies, what we will see is prices will rise. Uh, monopolies, we know from, from Economics 101, um, increases prices and reduces the quality that, that's on offer. Mm. And so, yes, I think it is um, incumbent on governments. And the tricky thing is, is most of the time governments used to be able to control what was we, within their borders. They're very good at, at controlling stuff mm. that, that's within the nation state. Unfortunately, as you said, these things go across the globe. And I think governments have sort of shrugged their shoulders and said, well, it's a little bit too difficult um, and we can't really regulate these, so we won't bother. And I think that's why we've seen the concentration of these monopolies. And I think it's up to not just um, independent countries, but nations to get together and try and regulate this. Otherwise, we're all going to be worse off because we're all going to pay more um, and get less quality goods 
goods than we otherwise would be if there was more robust competition. All right, let's just talk about what's happening economically as well, because one thing that is really hurting people is rising interest rates. We're expecting the Fed, also the ECB. Um, we have seen interest rates rising um, so much over the past year and a half, but there seems to be a bit of a pause. Um, that would be good news for a lot of people because there's so much hurt, particularly for people who are very much struggling to pay the mortgage or their rent. Yeah, definitely. So the US Fed paused um, in June last month, um, but most almost universally they're expecting to increase in July in the upcoming meeting. Um, that's not really in dispute. What's in dispute is whether or not this will be the last rise. So across the world, we've seen inflation come back down. And a lot of people would like to say, well, that's in part to do with the interest rates. And it kind of is. But really, since this was a supply shock, that it was caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the kind of supply bottlenecks that we, we did see that have basically resolved themselves out of COVID, as those bottlenecks have resolved themselves, as economists would say, inflation is just going away by itself. So I think a lot of this fall in inflation, we're seeing the US down to about 4%, and even in the UK, uh, sorry, in Europe, where it's higher at 5.5%, um, this is mostly to do with the bottlenecks resolving themselves rather than interest rates. So I think we're probably at the peak of interest rates because I think inflation across the world is now coming down. And just quickly, though, we've seen that Russia has been making moves against Ukraine when it comes to grain, making it hard there as well. Will that have any impact on the global economy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything that recreates those bottlenecks or recreates those shortages will only lead into higher prices. Um, but um, it depends on what it is. So grain is incredibly important, particularly to poor countries. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I think that's where we're going to see the real impact. And I think I wealthier think right, countries yeah. are actually yeah. going to yeah, avoid that kind of inflation. Um, yeah. And so things like the Fed and the ECB and the Bank of England might not see that as a huge problem, but definitely in poorer countries, it's going to be a big issue. Matt, appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Thanks for talking with me. And that is a program for now. For more, head to ticketnews.com. Aaron Young, do hope to see you soon. <laughs> 